Hello, everybody. It is the week of February 23rd, 2020. It's episode 69Q. Nice. Of the Dry Spellcast. My name's Matt, and I'm joined by Austin. Hello. And Jason. Hey. And we did not rehearse that, so it was totally impromptu. We just, I mean... We're just that good. We are professional. By episode 69, we have become professionals of our craft. Uh, sure. Uh, if you sure. call this a craft. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, whatever. So, um, Jason wasn't here the last time. Jason was sick. It's okay. It happens. I understand. Um, I'm sorry. I'm so but, sorry. But it's nice to see you again. Yeah. Uh, and of course, it's always nice to see Austin, I guess, oh, yeah, um, who was playing Stardew Valley up to literally seconds before we started this. I, I am back on uh, Stardew Valley train. So it's a dangerous train. I'm scratching that itch until Animal Crossing. Yeah, that's, that's, I... that's mainly the what's going on. I actually haven't played Stardew Valley until like the Animal Crossing Direct just came out. And now I'm like back on Stardew Valley because I'm like, I need it. I need it. I need it. Yeah, no, I I definitely I came it. out of that uh, that direct thinking. Oh my god, I just want to play <laughs> this so much. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. started yeah. So um, Animal Crossing had to direct uh, this past week, and it looks really good. Uh, I, I am super super excited. So. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's things that they still have to answer, and I think they may have answered, but I want better answers too. Things like, can you have multiple islands and stuff like that? Like, I wish like. So it sounds yeah, like know. you're not gonna be able to restart. Yeah, oh, so really? I wanna know: do you do you get your own island, and then you have like your friend island, or is it all just one and the same? Yeah. So the way they made it sound, and the way I understood it, was like you can either have your own island. Or you can go in with several friends and get an island. It's Which not is the way to do it. It's not one, um, or I mean, it is one or the other. It's, so not, it's not both. So you can't have like a like a character and have your own island, and then have a second character and have a f island with your friends. So you kind of have to have, like think about that going into it ahead of time. Um, I mean, I think the friend thing could be fun, so that's kind of what yeah, I was Yeah, I mean, yeah. the the difference between, like, doing this and, like, Stardew Valley is, so, like, Stardew Valley, the time doesn't pass as time passes, you know? You go to bed and you wake up the next day. Stardew Valley, it is, or not Stardew Valley, sorry. This is going to be really difficult for me. Um, Animal Crossing, it's like, the time goes as time goes in reality, Right. So the seasons change which, with which, your schedule, and the which days works change really and... well for like for a multiplayer game like that. Because I know Stardew Valley's the multiplayer is you both have to be on at the same exact time playing with each other, and you can't be like one of you on. Uh, so that's why like this is kind of nice because yeah, you get an island together, but you can be on any time you want, and then like oh, you know Matt's on. Let's, let's let me do something, or you know I'm by myself, so I'm gonna go catch some butterflies or something. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping you... it turns out like. Yeah, I mean that's that's what it seems like. But then also, if you don't want to do that, um, you can have your own island and you can invite people 
to your island and mm-hmm. they can come visit and stuff and you, like it, it seemed like there was some uh some like restrictions so you can say like oh i don't want this person to be able to use axes on my island so they can't come down and like and cut down all your trees destroy everything um <laughs> yeah um, that'd be bad just yeah but in a friend island i don't that's not that's not an option so i don't know so you gotta I, trust your friends yeah Okay, well, this is just... <laughs> yeah. No, there's there's definitely some friends of ours that I'd be I like, can, I don't I can trust see, at I all. can see this now. It's uh, we're gonna be like all friendly, and then like you know, two months in, we're all gonna have like fortresses built around our houses. <laughs> like, no, you can't come in. <laughs> Moats and stuff. That's It'll pretty just much turn into a battle royale. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much just Minecraft now. Like, yeah, it's exactly exactly what I was thinking because like it lets you build and reshape the island any way you kind of want to. So. Mm-hmm. You actually could kill, could build up a wall and something like that, and you know, whatever you want. Yeah. So I, yeah, this the game was uh, looked super exciting to me. I mean, I guess maybe exciting is the wrong word. It looks super relaxing. Like I can't help but think like I, this is what I want my life to be. I want to go to a deserted island and just live. Um, and so that's it's me living out a dream that I'll never have in real life. Guys, let's go to a deserted island. Yes. And bring Animal Crossing. <laughs> just, with, just with our switches. Um, yeah. So, Matt, how are you doing? I am fine, I guess. Um, I, saw, um, I saw you had some family come to you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my parents came down to Orlando um, to see me for a week. It was nice. Um, it was pretty relaxing. So the, like the thing about getting older and like doing this is so like, you know, when you're a kid and you come to like Orlando and to see like Disney world and stuff, it's like you wake up early and you have to go and you have to see everything. And that totally makes sense to me because you just spent, you know, $30,000 on this vacation. So like, sure. Like, yeah, you want to get you the most out of it. I, I feel that. But being here and being able to get people into like Disney for free and stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Let's wake up at 10 o'clock or noon or whatever, and let's leave by two two p.m. and just kind of like walk through. Does, if we ride a couple of rides, off. yeah, yeah. If you ride a couple of rides, you know, it is what it is. And um, if not, you get to see the fireworks, you get to eat some food, and. You get your churro taken away by a bird. I mean, like literally <laughs> the Disney experience what's, without the hectic part of it. Yeah, um, I was on the flip side of that this last. Yeah, since yeah, last you podcast. were a, a Disney on the other side of the uh, I, I country. I was Disneyland, and we did that. You know, woke up at six a.m., got in line, and tried to get in, and you know. We didn't get there early enough on Saturday to get on the new Star Wars ride, but we did it on Sunday. Um, which yeah, which is cool. something I still have you, haven't have been you, able to do. Yeah, so the new... So, yeah, that was kind of the thing. I haven't been to Disneyland in 10 years. I think the last time there was a junior and high school band competition or something. So it's it's changed a bit. I mean, obviously, the classic stuff's still there, but obviously the Star Wars land's brand new. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some stuff in California Adventures that's added on. And like, there's a Cars whatnot. world now. Yeah, that's super it's cool. cool. Oh, it's man. Cool. It, yeah. is, it, is, it yeah. is like exact recreation of from the Cars movie. Like yeah, because the they town. got they got cars and we got Toy Story. It was Toy Story. So like California Adventures 
kind of rebranding themselves as more of the Pixar side because they're doing they have right. the Pixar peer peer now. So like they're so like the Rock and whatever it was not the Rock and Roller Coaster the. Uh, California, California Screaming oh, yeah, uh, is now is now the credit coaster for Incredibles. They have like a uh, Toy Story shooting game and stuff like that. So they kind of they're kind of changing it to pick, obviously they have the Pixar Pier and then they have the Cars Land, which I thought like we're just walking through. I'm like this is amazing. They literally recreated a perfect like town of uh, Radiator Springs, like absolutely. Yeah. It is so cool. The ride's super fun too. The like the racing one, so. I went there uh, four years ago, maybe five years ago, uh, when I went with uh, Frankie, and with I, Frankie, I yeah. got to see that, and it was the coolest thing ever. Like, mm -hmm. I, I love California Adventure. I love Disneyland. Yeah, I love, oh, I, that's yeah. my place, man. I had so much fun there, and uh, I mean, on Sunday, Sunday, just literally downpour the entire day, like unlike characteristic of California, because usually California's rain is kind of a light mist. It was like straight up Idaho downpour rain, and it was like this is. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, I um, went there during the drought and everything, and the moment we get there, there was a massive downpour. <laughs> yeah. So, like, which I mean, kind of helped a little bit on that Sunday because it kind of kept the crowds down a little bit, but it was still really packed. Totally. Because when we were there, when we were there, it was the first day of peak um, season. So, like Saturday, it was just crazy. I'm, I'm still amazed we did as much as we did on Saturday. Um, but we pretty much rode every ride, um, sunrise multiple times, like the new. You know the Tower of Terror is now the. Uh, it's a Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy, yeah. Um, I think we rode that nine times in total. I think. Oh wow! Yeah. So, so we rode it. I think once or twice on the on that Saturday, and then on that Sunday, we I think we rode it like six times, six or seven times. Which I which I really liked that ride because like the classic Tower of Terror was the same every time. This one it was different. It had different like screens that you would see, and like the drop pattern hmm. was different. And I think out of all the times we rode it, we went repeat, which is really cool. It's so it kind of keeps keeps the ride more fresh, and it's kind of enjoyable. You know, you go up and you see the guardians or whatever on, and you, like fall and do all that fun stuff. And yeah, uh, that was probably our favorite ride overall. Very but cool. did do the Star Wars Land, which was super, super cool. I know Matt, you got to experience it in Orlando. Mm -hmm. Pretty similar, I'm sure. You know, I got my commemorative coke bottle from the nice. thing <laughs> uh i have to say the smuggler's run was a little disappointing i never thought it was disappointing i like, thought it was a lot of fun I think, I, think, I think it was so what ruined it for me is our first group we were with three random people that barely spoke english and uh they were the pilots of it and just crashed everywhere you know, that's like, like just, the best part Oh, I don't know. Kind of. I feel like for me, like all I, because I was the engineer, sat in the back just pushing buttons, and I kind uh -huh. of ruined the experience. So we got off, and it was instantly like we one came out, there was no lines. So we went right back on, and then myself and my girlfriend became the pilots that time, and it was way better. I had so much more fun, and then uh, we did do Rise of the Resistance, which is just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, which is yeah. the one that um, I haven't been able to do yet. Yeah, it like just opened two weeks before we got down there, so you had to do the. Boarding pass right. you in the park. Your ticket had to be scanned. You had to be in the park by eight. And as oh, soon yeah, as eight I mean, eight o'clock rolled around, you had to be on the app and like click get a boarding group and get in. We missed it by seven groups on Saturday, but we got mm. we got in on Sunday. Um, yeah, I, so ours has been open since 
like December fifth or something. Yeah, you're, and you're it is still yeah. like uh, if you're not there at seven a.m. waiting for the gates to open. If you're not in mm-hmm. the app that early, you're not getting in that day. Yeah, and oh man, it is so cool. The technology. I mean, you go like surprised the caravan and the animatronics. You know, look like they're thirty years old. They are yeah. or even older. Uh, but then you go to these new ones, the animatronics are so realistic moving now. It's just, it literally looks like a person. And they did a really good job with the animatronics and then holograms and projections. And man, that ride was super, super cool and really well done. So I really, um, yeah, do that. And then also, the one last thing I did. Oh, you oh, built the man. lightsaber? I totally right. did. It is Very so cool. cool. So it makes the sounds, and when you hit it on things, it like does the clash sound, and it's super, super cool. That was definitely my highlight. So how it worked is, I'll take this out for anyone watching the cameras. So you pick one of four classes, and then they, so then they give you like, so then it determines kind of what the style will be. So then you get in there, and like, since you picked, I picked like the Defender or whatever it was. So like, I got this. So then the the bottom, top, and then the two handles here each had two sets that you could do so you could kind of pick and choose and do a little bit um so yeah you put them together it's all metal like this is pretty solid so it's it's, it's super nice you get to pick your kyber crystal uh with what color i think the colors at the time were it's green blue red and purple but you can go and buy a white one and a yellow one which is brand new because i could just take it out and the, the crystal itself is what changes the color of the blade which i think is super super cool yeah, it's not just like oh, this is only a green lightsaber. No, I could take the crystal out, and make it a red lightsaber and stuff. A little pricey, but it's Disneyland. But honestly, like they made a whole experience of it. You go into a room; it's all like we we got to build these right now. The Empire's coming. You're our last hope. Build the lightsabers to protect yourself, kind of thing. And at one point, Yoda's speaking like you know through this ghost force ghost and whatnot and you know yeah and they did such a cool cool job like when you put them together um you like all rise you raise your lightsabers up at once and i don't know it was it was a cool experience (laughs) and i recommend it for anyone who's like at least somewhat into star wars is you're gonna enjoy it and like when i first signed up for it my girlfriend's like are you kidding me i'm like i'm saving up for it i really want to do this she's like fine whatever as soon as we got out she's like I'm building one next time we come. Like she was 100% like, this is so, so cool. So yeah, that was my Disneyland experience. So that's awesome. Just wanted to get that in there. I'm out of breath. I speak in real fast. Yeah. And otherwise I, I saw the Harry Potter land here for the first time. That's right. That's, that's, just, nice. that's cool. It's just cool. I mean, it's Harry Potter stuff. So I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, but, um, we did one of the rides and it was it was a lot of fun um you like fly around the castle and like like you're supposed to be on like the quidditch team or something like that i don't right. know but it was it was pretty good it was a pretty cool little ride um jason which rides did you do uh you know when i went there actually uh both the harry harry potter land and uh star wars hadn't been built yet you could see the harry potter land being built but Star I didn't Wars realize there was like one in, in California. Yeah, there? there is. Yeah, is like when we went around Universal Studios, you could see oh, like, in the, Univ- the yeah, castle Universal and Studios. everything. It <laughs> calm down. You don't I'll need to attack me over this. Put my blade back in. Okay. <laughs> um, it's really cool. It was really cool to kind of see that being built, though. Like, I my favorite one will always be uh, 
Space Mountain, though. I think that one's the... That's classic. my ride. It's a lot Space of fun. Space Mountain's good. Um, that's classic. Well, that's one thing. Uh, the Star Tours ride, you know, it's kind of like the original Star right. Wars ride. We did it, we did it, and it was actually updated to the current Star Wars movie, which yeah. I thought was super, super cool. I'm like, wow, I'm glad they, like, do that. And I feel like they could do different programs of it and kind of keep the ride fresh. Definitely. I mean, it's yeah, kind of cool just flying into Exegol. And you're like, whoa, this is just from the movie <laughs> I just saw. And all the Star Destroyers lined up. I guess it's pretty sick. Disney does a good job of keeping things updated and they, yeah, really like, well made. You have well to. It is, it is well made. And I don't know if you guys, have, you have Disney Plus, right? Yeah. Um, have you watched the Imagineering story on there? It's the documentary. I started it. I haven't oh, finished, it is finished so, all of it, but so it's good. really cool. Yeah, like if you're really into kind of that stuff and learning like what Disneyland, like how it started, how they kind of keep it going and like, you know, the downs and highs that it's had, I recommend that show on Disney Plus. It is fantastic, actually. Definitely. So, uh yeah, we actually have some Disney related video game news. Um uh, so All we right. can we can piggyback off of this real quick yeah, and get this I, new I like story that. in. Yeah, it's almost like we thought about this ahead of time. Which we did. Which we totally did not. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh Austin included this new story, uh and so I'll just let you take care of it. Yeah, I saw this, and it says Disney wants more games that reimagine its stories and characters. Uh, I'm sure this is going off, you know, the coattails of the success of uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and obviously in Spider-Man as well, which they bring up in here, but I'll just read the article. It says, Disney has put a call out for more game developers to make games that reimagine its famous stories and characters. This comes from Sean Shoptow, Shoptow? I don't know, Senior VP of Games and Interactive Experiences at Disney, who spoke in front of a crowd of game developers at DICE Summit 2020 in Las Vegas. Uh, here he said, "I'm here for one specific reason: to empower you to do really unique things with our catalog. Uh, we want to tap into the power and creatives across the industry. Uh, I'm super excited for that. And uh, he mentioned, you know, Disney just acquired 20th Century Fox, which includes titles like Aliens, Die Hard, Simpsons, Avatar. So I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they can mix stuff with. Yeah. So I I find this really interesting because you know Disney killed all of their game stuff um, a handful of years ago. So I didn't even realize there was even a senior VP of games and interactive experiences anymore. Because yeah, it they, makes me wonder. Um, um, because they what killed was what there? was it? Um, it was the well, they they killed all those Star Wars games that were supposed to be down the pipeline at EA. Well, um, I think that's a different thing. But like, so Disney had their um, was oh, the Lucas Arts gaming, and, and what it wasn't even that they what was the it was um, it had like the figurines and nonsense like that. Um, it, Disney it was Infinity. yeah, Disney, Disney Infinity. Infinity. Um, that they were pushing really super hard for a long time, um, and then they just kind of came out and were like, "Oh yeah, we're killing all of our studios." Yeah, um, which was kind of surprising you know, because that was a pretty popular game and apparently pretty well made. I never played it, but I always heard good things about it. Yeah, and I think I think just with how well uh, obviously Spider Man did and how well Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which completely blew out all expectations for that game. Like EA was like, "Well." Well, I guess we were wrong to say that the single-player story game's dead, and you know, obviously, you know, respawn is the reason behind why that game was so good. But you know, Disney's only worked with EA, and then obviously, the parts with Square Enix. Uh, I involved too. Yes, so. more more Kingdom Hearts games. Uh, I'm I'm okay <laughs> with no more Kingdom Hearts games, but I'd like to see more games like you know another Star Wars Jedi, maybe go back to like the old Republic days or. 
you know, obviously we'll maybe we'll see more Marvel um, superhero games coming from Insomniac or something like that, which uh, some more news about. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you think about uh, like some of the early like licensed games that they had, so like you know, like a lot of people have a lot of uh, a lot of reverence for you know like the Lion King game and oh yeah and, like, well I remember, I, I remember playing the old Hercules game on PS1 yeah. like and I loved that one I played a lot of the Toy Story game and I don't think I ever mm-hmm. made it past one level so right um, they're so hard and so even hard. like the old Mickey games and stuff like they're yeah I love the one back on SNES I played it all the time yeah, yeah, I played I, it. was uh, Mickey Mania was the one that I played all the time. I played oh. it a few months ago on my computer, and I was like, "Oh yes, this brings yeah. back so many memories." Well, <laughs> and that's that's what I like is it says reimagine its famous stories and characters. Like, like here is you know, like There's the a Bambi game. video game. Yeah, where you you, <laughs> turn, you turn into the hunter, and um, it's a open world exploration game. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I played through a. The Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse, and that was actually yes. a really good game. Yeah, so, that's, yeah, the, I'm, that's I'm, the famous one. Yeah. I'm cool with that. I like Disney stuff. Maybe, yeah. You know. Yeah, and I, I think it makes sense for, like, kind of Disney as a brand and what, what they're trying to accomplish, because their lack of, like, like participation in the video game market has always kind of been dumbfounding, because, like, if you think about them as, like, a media company and like conglomerate and everything Mm -hmm. they own every property every company that they own um it's really super like and and, like all the things that they have their hands in you know they have their hands in tv movies theme parks music Mm -hmm. like everything and so it's weird to me that like they've been so silent on video games for so long well give them two years and it'll be disney's call of duty yes they will own Activision Blizzard. Drop onto an island. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you up. And that's and that's another thing that like they're they are so protective of their brands. Well, so you yeah, would yeah, never that's... see a Mickey like battle royale or like right. fighting game or anything like no, that. No, I know. But the fact that they're like calling out all these uh creative, you know, developers like, hey, See, show us what you got. Kind of, that's kind of what I'm getting from this. It's just like, just show us what you got, and we'll see what, where we go. I mean, give us a story mm-hmm. more, give us something. Oh, you know? I'm cool. For, I like that. I'm excited for that. Just you know, sure. Spider Man, Spider Man, Spider Man. Um, <laughs> Still yeah, play that game. the weird, the weird uh, property that is Spider Man that is part Sony. And part Universal, part Marvel, and part Disney. Um, yeah, and and here's here's another story. Just go for it, Austin. This is this yeah, is so, your uh, new story. Sony purchased Insomniac Games for two hundred twenty nine million dollars. So in the fall of twenty nineteen, Sony acquired Insomniac Games, developer of Spider Man and the Ratchet Quick series, uh, the Spiral series, and more. Uh, and thanks to Sony's latest financial report, we knew how much money that was, and it was for two hundred twenty nine million dollars. That's a pretty big purchase. Uh, So according to the report, Sony paid for Insomniac mostly with cash. Uh, It's possible the purchase could could fluctuate before March 31st, but the end of the fiscal year, but with the acquisition, uh, Insomniac is a Sony Interactive Entertainment's 14th internal studio. Uh, 
sidebar. I'm not surprised by this. I know uh, Insomniac has really worked close with Sony over the last like over the years. Obviously, Ratchet and Clank was an exclusive for the game. Um, Spyro uh, and stuff like that. I mean, that's been mostly only Sony properties, and we we kind of saw this earlier in the story how. Xbox did not help them advertise for the game Sunset Overdrive, and that's why it kind of led to Spider-Man being only a PlayStation game because of how much better uh, Sony marketed them for them. And I think it, I kind of saw this coming with the, how well Spider-Man did and the praise that Insomniac gave Sony. It just kind of makes sense that they're doing that. They, this happened. So, uh, according to CEO Ted, or I guess CEO Ted Price found Insomniac back in '94. Uh, when back when it was Extreme Software, uh, and the studio has since created some beloved franchise, many of which are PlayStation exclusives, like I said, like Ratchet and Clank. Uh, so Sony owns the IP for Ratchet and Clank, but now with the purchase, they own the IP of Sunset Overdrive, which was originally that Xbox game that uh, was only exclusive. And mm-hmm. I know we've got some inside information because Matt had a has a friend slash old roommate that whose brother worked for. Why are you shaking your head? We do not have insider information. I mean, that no, is not a thing we have. We don't know anybody. Go ahead. Our source, our sources, but yeah, it's like they were a little upset with the way Microsoft handled things and was so happy with the way Sony handled Spider-Man. Like, so I think it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think all I got. Gunsomniac currently working on a project that's currently unknown. Should sure to be unveiled as a PS5 um, game. Of course. So. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um. Yeah, that Spider-Man was a good game. So, mm-hmm. so it was. I'm, I'm, I, Insomniac, and even like Sunset Overdrive was a good game. I know uh, your roommate did play it and like thoroughly enjoyed the game. It's just the problem is I don't. I never even heard about that game when it came. Oh, out. I totally did. I saw it everywhere. Yeah. Like the like so, yeah. at, Microsoft did a huge marketing push for that. I remember being on TV all the time. Okay, really? I, I just, I guess I never, like, never knew it was a real, like, it was a game, so I don't know. But the, that's the story we had previously, is that, you know, they were kind of upset with Microsoft for, with that game, how they handled that game, so. 14th studio for Sony, though, that's, that's Yeah, that's, uh, that's I think that's incredible um, that they just keep buying uh Studios. I mean, Microsoft did the same thing, is and currently is doing the same thing. So it's yeah. not no surprise that Sony's been doing that. But Sony has had so many strong uh, games come out from their own studios in the past year. So I'm just not like putting Insomniac in there; it fits right in. Is my what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Uh, Should be a good fit. Yeah. Um, so let's hop back. Um, we're jumping all over the place on this this outline I have here. Um, <laughs> Listen, keep it keep it mixed, keep it fresh. Austin, yeah, you had a child. I had a child. Um, Congratulations! Literally, literally happened minutes before this podcast. Uh, yeah, and I, yet he's just, still was, here. Yeah, I'm he's still here. Um, kid. Ah, they're fine. Throw them, out, throw them in the wild. <laughs> they're okay. Uh, no, like I literally was just playing Stardew Valley, and like I said, I've been playing Stardew Valley since I saw the direct for Animal Crossing. It's kind of got me in that you know farming mood again. And yeah, I just literally finished my last day, and it says, you know, go to bed. And it popped up. Would you like to have a baby? <laughs> a blue note it says, and it says <laughs> yes prompt. or not now. So I yeah, I said yes. Still, I I went to the next morning. Still no baby. So obviously, got to wait a little bit. Before the baby is born. Um, 
But yeah, starting which Valley, makes just, sense. Usually, children take you know not a serious. In the Sims. Remember the, the classic Sims? You just kiss a few times, all of a sudden there's like baby in the arms. <laughs> oh, uh, Sims. Yeah. So yeah, I just started year four, Stardew Valley. Very year four. Yeah. Good for year you. Year four. Yeah. So I, like I said, I took I took quite a. I haven't really played it since the summer, so I I took quite a few months off of the game, which is probably good because I put like a hundred hours into it, like really quick. No yeah. Yeah, it was really fast. Mm -hmm. I thought um, we were going to lose you there for a minute. Yeah, so it was awesome. Oh, he's on the farm again. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I've uh, been playing a ton of Apex Legends. Uh, like, a ton. I've actually stopped. It's like the only game I've been playing. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, Bless you. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, are you done? Just kidding. Uh, I'm back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm having just a ton of fun. I know I've been playing with Jason a little bit. I know he's been mm -hmm. playing too. Uh, we actually got a win. Not too long ago, was it just the other day? Me, you, and Jesse pulled one out. More than likely, I, yeah, I think remember. we. I think we did. I think we did have one win. But I, I've this season alone, I have done better than past like all my past seasons combined. Um, I think I've won nine times just for the season. But like I said, since I've been back playing, I've been, I've been, I've won probably in the last couple months a quarter of all my total wins for the last year. So. Oh, wow. I've done I've done really well, and I'm consistently leaving games with two, three, four plus kills. Which for like like when I started Apex, I sucked. Like it was so much fun, and I'm sure we all felt yeah, that. But like, but I sucked. Like it yeah. was like the first it was like the first kind of first person shooter I played on my new computer, and like I wasn't there yet. And I think uh, all my Call of Duty time has really got my aiming down. Uh, I just had a game where we won, and I, I ended up with 13 kills. Um. I know Jesse was playing, and he got 20 kills in a game, which is nuts. So, hey, yeah, I mean, he took my kills. He gets I know. Them. I, well, I, <laughs> I think it was, is, that is was that... a funny one, because we were coming to the very end of the match, and I suddenly hear him yelling, don't kill him, don't kill him, and I'm, like, staring at the last guy in the match, and he gets the kill to get his 20th kill. <laughs> no, okay, hey, that's I, fair. I, I, I get it. Well, I, it well was funny. that, that was kind of like when I was, I was playing with a, like a new friend of mine, um, and I like we just kind of were going through engagements. Also, I'm like, I have nine kills. He's like, seriously? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, all right. I'll be bait and hurt him, and then you just kill him. Like, That's literally what he was doing. Was just running in there, and then I was like finishing off the kills, and it was he's just he was being hilarious about it. Yeah, I ended up winning him with 13 kills, like 2,500 damage. Like, I was like, nice. So my KD is like well over one in that game for the season. Like, this is nuts. So I'm having a ton of fun with Apex right now. So I'm all right. I know it's 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 still such a good good game. Uh, they brought back this weekend was Kings Canyon season one, like the original yes. map, and I'm having like like the first time I jumped in there, I got like a weird nostalgic. I'm like, like wow, why am I feeling? It hasn't this? been that like, long. Come on, I know, but like, uh, but it's I been did. Like six I'm like, months. I know, but like I did get that weird kind of because like Kings Canyon, like this hasn't been like this in a while because they changed it not too long after. And we you know we've been at World's End for the last six months, so it was kind of a weird like going back to original Kings Canyon, and I kind of liked it. Um, but yeah, super good game. Still playing it. Probably will play it right after I get off this podcast. So um, I did <laughs> play cool. a couple new new things for me. Uh, so like when I said like we went to Disneyland, like so on the airplane and stuff, I got the new Thornbreaker. Not really new, or not Thornbreaker. Thronebreaker, The Witcher Tales. 
which is what became of the standalone Gwent game. So I know they kind of came out that and it didn't work out too well, so they kind of retooled the game and it turned into this um, Thronebreaker, which it's kind of a like a kind of a 2D RPG, um, you know, a top-down, you kind of just run around and talk to people and stuff like that. And then all the fights and battles, um, all the fights and battles are Gwent. Um, they're all Gwent games, which is, uh, I think it's fine. I loved Gwent in Witcher 3. Unfortunately, it's not the same Gwent. If they changed it up a little bit, so they got rid of the two lanes. It's um, it's uh, three lanes. It's two lanes now, and it's not quite the same, but it's still fun. In um, the whole while you're going, everything's voice acted and dialogued, and you know you kind of just kind of tell on a story, which it's a pretty cool game. I'm definitely it's one that you if you're kind of just hanging out, you can just sit down and do. Um, I'm blown away. I have not even heard of this. Really? Or seen this? Yeah, what is it came this out, game. So I came, I think it came out last year sometime for PC, and then recently came out for Switch. So I have it on the Switch. Um, yeah. So you're. It's and it's. Yeah, I don't know. It's like you're in the Witcher universe. Huh. You're on the. On the continent, you're actually playing a character of that's in like I think it's all in the books and stuff. Like this is all based on actual Witcher lore, um, right? Because the Witcher's hot right now, so it is. I hot. huh? This actually looks like a game that I would really enjoy on the Switch. No, I, I think you really would. It's a I I think it's a great game for the Switch. Yeah, um, because I've been looking for I something re- to pick up on the Switch. Um, because I'm just kind of in a lull, like I, I still can sit down and play Stardew Valley or whatever, but like um, I'm just looking for something new to kind of keep me interested. So, um, yeah, Animal yeah, Animal Crossing. That's a month away still. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah. Check check it out. I think it was on like twenty bucks, so it's not too bad. Uh, there's quite a bit of game to it, honestly. The map's pretty big. I'm sure you can like obviously you can avoid things and not do it. But what's kind of nice is like, yeah, when you fight, you have, can you know obviously the, do the deck building and stuff like that. But then you you come up to these like uh, puzzles and challenges, and it gives you a custom deck and like gives you objectives. Like you have to do it this way or you lose. So it's a, it's like a puzzle, which I think is really cool because it makes you think differently than how you would normally do a card battle. Um, and then you get rewards, like unique rewards for doing these puzzles. Um, so yeah, if you guys want to like find a nice fun game for the Switch, I recommend this one. Very hmm. cool. Uh, and then my last thing that I've done is old school playing Ocarina of Time, Zelda. Good choice. Sure. So I was at a friend of mine's uh, a week ago Saturday, and you know just said I've never played Ocarina of Time, and he's like, "Are you?" I mean, look at Jason Shirt now. Right. Okay, I was trying <laughs> to cover true. it, but... um, and he's like, was dumbfounded. Like this is one of his top three games of all time. Um, yeah. For him, and if not for a lot of people. And growing up, I never had Nintendo stuff. Like, I didn't have an N64. I didn't have a SNES or whatever. Uh, I did a DS, but other, that's pretty much all I had in Game Boys. Right. So I just never, like, was really on the, got on the Zelda train. And so he's like, here, take my 3DS. I have it on here. Uh, play it. All right. So I finally, you know, started it up yesterday. And I did, like, the very beginning, like, the first temple, like, in the tree or whatever. Yeah, right. I mean... It's fun so far. It's, you know, I can tell it's a dated game, but, you know, I still had a good time playing it. And You shut your mouth. <sighs> no, um, 
I'm excited. I mean, it's just something I'm going to do. Cause like last night, just sat in, sat with my girlfriend. She played Stardew Valley. I played this, and it was just a wonderful time. So, living the dream. Yeah, I mean, Ocarina of Time is a a classic, because, right? Because I yeah. want, and I still want to get uh, into the uh, whatever Breath of the Wild. I also right. Into the unknown. This is frozen. This is into the <laughs> Um, but you know, I was still want to get that. But then my friends like, you need to just play Ocarina of Time. Like just just play the like cl- most classic, arguably the like most classic Zelda game there is. Yeah, I mean if you're gonna choose a if you're gonna choose a Zelda game, I'd say go with Ocarina of Time because mm-hmm. there's some- there's a lot you can go wrong with in the terms of Zelda universe. So Ocarina of Time is one of the better ones. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's where I've been. Uh, I've played Way very little Call of Duty. I kind of got a little burnt out on it. I will um, fight you, Matt. Majora's Mask is one of the worst games ever made. It's garbage. It is one of the best. It's, it's arguably better terrible. than Ocarina of Time. You're See, this wrong. is why I just didn't get into it. It's terrible. There's too, there's too much, too much clash in here. I'll just, I'll just stay. Out of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jason or Matt, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll be honest. I haven't played video games once, <laughs> um, okay. other than like sitting on my Switch for like. A few minutes at a time. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, my stuff hasn't really changed too much. I've been playing a lot of Rocket League. I just love that. It scratches that competitive itch I need. And uh, yesterday I actually hit Diamond 3. Wow, look at you Best go. I've ever been. And, you know, only two div- two divisions away from hitting champs. So wow, really excited. But, yeah, still love it. Still a lot of fun. Uh, I've been playing Monster Hunter World, you know, Iceborne. Uh, it's still fun. I'm kind of the, at a point where it's a lot of grind, so I've got out of it a little bit just because, you know, whenever grind comes, if it's too excessive, I kind of don't enjoy it nearly as much. It, it's not that it's a bad grind, it's just that it's a big grind, you know? So it's something that I'm trying sounds, to keep going at, like but it's hard. <laughs> Big box coffee store. We're yeah, the big, big, grind. We're the big grind. Exactly. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good name for a coffee shop. Big grind. I like it. All right. The we last up one. A video game themed coffee. <laughs> a coffee the, cafe, if you will. The uh, last one I've been playing is uh, actually a game that I got a while back, but I haven't played a whole lot. Splitgate Arena Warfare. And it's actually a really cool first person shooter. It uses portal mechanics, like you open up two portals, you can see through it, and you can shoot through there to see the enemies, and it's really interesting, the gameplay's tight, and it's a, it's a lot of fun to play. I've been playing that with a couple friends, and it's a free game too, so it's kind of cool. Oh, uh, what is it on? PC. Is it on Steam? Yep. Yeah, maybe I'll pick that up. So interesting. Pick that up real quick. I keep I keep saying like oh I'll pick up this new game I'll pick up this new game and I have so many games I still need to play. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean I'm still on the control uh, outer wilds. I, I need to finish. Yeah, I, like all these games, like just actually sit down and finish. Like it would literally be one day of me sitting down. Like that's where I'm at with all these games. Just one day, sit down and play. Um, but priorities you have to make your I priorities. I sit down. Like. I sit down and my mouse just kind of moves to the origin launcher and then all I know Apex Legends. 
what happened? <laughs> yeah, for me, it's uh, I always forget which launcher to open, and then I'll open the Origin launcher, and I'll be sitting there, I'll be like, son of a bitch, and then it starts an update, and by the time it like it, I can get it closed and open the Epic launcher, I'm like, well, son of a bitch, now I have to go. <laughs> it's the best. I love it. I love the world we live in, where I have five thousand launchers for everything. Masters. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So good old PC. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, for me, the big, the I guess the big thing that I've been thinking about a lot is just Animal Crossing, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like there was that direct, um, and so I've just been thinking about it a lot. Um, Tom Nook still haunts my nightmares, so. <laughs> you get to pay off a mortgage in real life and your game. Yeah, Come on. yeah. I love that. It's like it's like here you want this. 10,000 bells, pay it back whenever. But, uh, but also he's like, pay it back whenever you want, which no is interest. how they get you. <laughs> like, because there, there's definitely something hidden in that contract, right? Like, Tom Nook, like, secretly owns your soul at that well, point. Well, you are on a deserted island, so if you just go missing, no one will know. Yeah. <laughs> if you there scream you on a deserted island, does anybody hear you? Tom Nook does. <laughs> Tom Nook hears everybody. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I am too. Uh, it it should be good. I'm so. pretty, uh, I'm pumped for it. I've been pumped for it since they announced it, you know, months ago. So, oh yeah, we finally oh, got yeah. here amidst delays and whatnot. But here we are. It's gonna be a fun one. I'm ready. I'm ready. My body's ready, and I'm also ready to kill demons too. I'm ready to not make some fishing tournaments because I don't wake that early in the morning. Um, so, so we do have some news stories besides that that we're we're gonna kind of work through. Um, the, the some that I found like super interesting, some that Austin found interesting. Jason's just chilling over there with his cat, you know, whatever. I so Jason puts always, here. always. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the first thing I want to touch on is, um, so there's a Call of Duty out right now. It's called Modern Warfare. Austin likes it. Even Jason likes it. Um, so apparently there's a new Battle Royale coming out for it. Or so they say. There are leaked so, rumors that there's a Battle Royale coming out for so this I like, I like how they say there's leaked rumors, but like, so the new season just started, season two, and... Every season, like season one to this, now season two, they have a cutscene before the game, kind of introducing the new character, which is Ghost um, of Call of Duty fame. He's back, and literally, as the trailer ends, it says, you know, call in the backup. I don't know exactly what it says, but then it zooms out, and there's just planes flying over with guys just parachuting out of it. So, like, yeah. the leak is like, well, they pretty much just confirmed it in this stupid trailer. Like, it just shows people jumping out of airplanes. like, And they're firing on their yeah. own teammates, that sort of thing. Yeah, like, the other thing, it's like, yo, go, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, Ghost comes down after this firefight, and, like, like they just killed their own, te their own teammates. Like, what's going on kind of thing. So... It's Great. not a like it. It wasn't. I think the leak came out before the season started. It but did. As, well, when the season came out, and then and also on the homepage where you select like you know campaign, multiplayer, co op. There's now a uh, a classified section which everyone's assuming is it's the, the battle royale. royale. Well, and let's be real. Like, was there anybody thinking that they were going to introduce a battle royale for this game? Like, it's it's not a surprise. Like, I think yeah. it'd be more surprising well, if they didn't. 
Yeah, considering well, they did it in Black Ops Four yeah. to good success. Um, and really considering like... they have like the ground war, which is like those the big maps already. So like the, the the maps and stuff are already there. They just need to combine them all. I think is kind of what's going to happen. Um, and especially the maps with all the, the spec ops stuff. I mean, they're huge and like they're, they're nothing's used. So I, I could see them putting like how the Black Ops did, like put all the maps from classic Call of Duties in there. And I'm sure they'll do the kind of the same thing. Um, yeah. yeah. So basically, so this leak came out, um, and Activision uh, was pretty quick about trying to stop the information. I know there was a YouTube video um, that they DMCA. Well, well, so, yeah, someone was, like broke in on, into the map somehow and like zoomed out on it and like something like, like that, or like yeah, and. Basically, so somebody posted on Reddit that this was coming, um, and they posted the picture of this quote-unquote war zone, um, and they said it was this unannounced battle royale for modern warfare, uh, and Activision has now filed a subpoena with Reddit to try to get the personal information of this Reddit user. And so, like, Reddit has, like, till February 28th to comply with this subpoena. But also, the I guess the hiccup here is um, you don't need to enter any personal information to have a Reddit account. So Reddit might not actually have any information on this person other than maybe IP addresses. Um, like, I think you have to have an email but who doesn't have like 40 Gmail accounts that they used specifically to sign up for things like this, right? So, yeah, right. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what Reddit actually has and what Reddit is willing to give up because Activision is going in claiming like, oh, this is our copyright. Uh, and so they shouldn't be allowed to post this. But at the same time, there's kind of a conspiracy floating around about it that Activision is really just looking for somebody that's on the inside of their company because the leak was supposedly from somebody inside internal the studio yeah. and so this sounds like Activision's more so looking for an internal person than they are trying and, to get this, somebody outside of the company in trouble and this right. internal person maybe is linked to this reddit account maybe is that, is that what it I'm could be. getting together yeah I mean but gosh so, so many video game things leak now it's you can't try to subpoena every little thing i mean it's that's yeah but if you can find the person in your company you, you that is leaking person, stuff is that, that is um, i don't know if you consider that a corporate i wouldn't say corporate espionage or anything like that i mean it kind of enough to be fired at the very oh absolutely least. Well, yeah oh expect, i'm sure you you know you you've signed ndas and stuff like that where you can't be talking about this stuff to the general pop population so yes you know i i get it yeah you know maybe they think reddit's that anonymous place where they can post but i you know computers have a weird fingerprint system that you can always find anyone so and remember whisper is a thing so if you're gonna if you're gonna leak stuff leak it through whisper yeah. which is so, like uh, which is like i i don't know if it's any safer but who knows yeah. So, but back onto the leak. So apparently, like a lot of details, are, like did get unveiled in this leak. So the the main one I think people are like really excited about is it is going to be including a version of the ping system that was you know from Apex Legends that made that 
hugely popular. And at this point, if you don't release a battle royale with the ping system, you, you're done at this point. Like, I just think that's where we're at because maybe, yeah, maybe. But I mean, Apex did it so so well, and you know, so the, even facts the games like Borderlands Three kind of try to mimic it. Um, I don't think it would necessarily mean that it would not succeed. I just think that. But, we yeah. have the people who don't like to play with other people, not as willing but even to like, play their game. So, and I'm I'm used to pinging system like like Rainbow Six Siege has a ping system, which is super nice. Like, hey, I just got shot shot from this window. Let me ping it for you. And there's times when I'm playing a like I'm playing Modern Warfare, just on normal like domination or team deathmatch, that I wish I could ping where like mm-hmm. where someone is instead of saying like, oh, he's in the blah blah blah, and then no one understands. So. Uh, Dota has a ping system too, so oh, I get it. So we're all going back to Dota. No, I think ping systems are really important are. now, and uh, with video game as a general, like yeah, it's a way to not communicate with people, but it's even a way to like further communicate. Um, like this, this guy's right here. Let's all kind of you know worry about this. Let's cart. Let's kind of defend this area. So, um, so that was one of the things I didn't include this thing, but I, I read it. Um, another rumor was the battle royale is going to be two hundred people. Um, yeah, so it's gonna change Seems up. Seems like a lot. The, yeah, so it's gonna change up the the standard. You know, you know, Fortnite, PUBG, one hundred uh, sixty people on Apex. I mean, two hundred people. Uh, that's crazy amount of people on a map. Uh, yeah, so. well, there was that. There was that one game that was like supposed to like have like seven hundred. Or mag. No. mag. that's what it was. Yeah, or, uh, I think on, it might have uh, even been PS3, something else. Right? It was on PS3, mm-hmm. right? No, I'm talking about like I like I think it was announced and I don't know if it actually ever came out. Okay. So yeah. It's a battle they either, royale. Yeah, they're saying two hundred people, which, you know, if it works, it works. Cause I, I get a lot, like especially games like, you know, like PUBG and even Apex at times, is you jump down. Sometimes yeah, there's people everywhere, but sometimes you go five, ten minutes without seeing a single soul. Which kind of, you know, that's kind of like, well, this is a boring game, and then you kind of, then you also you meet people and you just die because you don't have, you don't have, like, the greatest equipment or whatever. So, I can see if the map is a good enough size for 200 people, it's not like you're going to be, I mean, obviously, yeah, 200 people call jump at one city and just be a just complete disaster. But, you know, if they're spread around the map evenly, if there's, like, if they have several locations that are really good for drops and stuff, and where, yeah, maybe you, you know, it'll happen where you have a really, like, high congregation of people but it might happen where like if you're more spread out you'll consistently be running into more teams versus just wandering for five minutes i think uh, I, I think that's right for call of duty though because like that's that's kind of what you're expecting from them right you're expecting more of the arcade like, shooting, yeah, constant so, shooting yeah. and stuff so again it, it i think what what would make or break that kind of game for me is how quickly you can get in and out of matches because yeah. as of currently it takes so long to get in any battle royale match uh, and so it'd be nice to be able to jump in really quick, die, jump in really quick, die. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the biggest thing I was questioning as well. Like because at launch, obviously there's going to be plenty of people. You're going to be able to get in, no problem. But then as time goes on, if they if it's not as good as some other battle royales, then it dies off completely because then you can't find a match. You know. But That's the, inter- the, the interesting thing here, I think the way that they're going to combat that is, yeah, the game's going to be inside Modern Warfare, but it's also going to be its own standalone. So you could buy just the Battle Royale, 
it's kind of what Black Ops Four did the same thing, where you could you could have bought just the battle royale and not the full game for like twenty bucks. And I, that's the other rumor is that it is going to be a free to play standalone game inside of Call of Duty. You won't get any other aspects of Call of Duty besides the battle royale, and especially if it's free to play. Um, I mean, they are they're already on the season pass kind of things. Right. There's they have the model to do it correctly, like like Apex has done where you go in for free, but then you can pay it money for the season pass or stuff like that. So if you have just the Battle Royale as a free-to-play, and it's obviously included for free for the people who already own the game, you get way more people in. And that's what I think is going to be good. Because I think that was the issue with Black Ops 4, is initially it was you know part of the game, and it launched with the game, and people didn't want to have, especially with Black Ops 4 having no campaign, it wasn't, and I don't think enough people drive to, like, get people to buy it, and then they did, like, this, its own version, but still, like, sold it for 20 bucks or something, so I think that that's a really good, good idea for Call of Duty, is making yeah. the Battle Royale free for anyone, and then you can pay into it with the season pass and stuff like that, because that seems to be a, a model that's really working, and brings in a ton, a ton of money, so... And that'll keep those players up to 200 in a map. I mean... Assuming that they do it well. Because if people start leaving the game, then... Yeah. Um, I, I I don't see how they couldn't at this point. I mean, unless they really do something really, really bad. Because so far, Modern Warfare has been excellent. And, and when it's multiplayer like stuff. I mean, the, the gunfight, the, just the normal stuff. And the, even the ground war is a lot of fun. So I can see this really working. Like, you know, they got vehicles introduced, and if maybe they could do, like, a kill streak thing in the Battle Royale, that'd be kind of interesting, too, um, to make it a little different. Because I know they have kill streaks in ground war, which can end up just being, like, just a cluster of just helicopters and jets flying over. But that'd be kind of a fun thing to do. Like, a, not like the same kill streaks, maybe, like, a slightly different variation of kill streaks in this Battle back Royale. back the dogs. There you go. <laughs> so who knows? I'm I'm super excited. I'm sure we'll about it really soon. Uh, it's probably going to be the mid-season thing in this one. I don't think they're going to wait till the next season because it's like each season's a month and a half, or were they like even three? I don't even remember. So they're like five days. It'll but, probably be another hundred gig update. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I, I know. Yeah. I'm sick of their updates. They do. I think. Well, I think the I game. think the hundred gig update is this. I think we already have the files for it. They're just going to have to flip the switch to unlock it. Yeah, but the I think way they do it, there will be another update. With yeah, it. who knows? But I know they said like this game's going to be this many gigs. I think we're like we've hit that point now. So I don't think how unless they keep adding new stuff, which I'm sure they will. But this was I think their plan all along. So I know when they they said this game's going to be like almost 200 gigs. Um, the game itself was like 80 or something. So now we've yeah. had another hundred on there. So I think we're about where they said it was supposed to be. Um, in the first year, so I just feel that they need to figure out a way to do this in a little bit less congested congested time. Because when it comes down to it, like I feel like, oh, I want to play Call of Duty. It has a twenty seven gig of value. Yeah, update. yeah, I and get I'm that. I'm just but, tired of that. But they have to keep be relevant. They can't just sit on it and let it and then let the popularity die down. So I, that's kind of my thing too. I get it. It sucks that we live in that world. I know Matt said that too. You know, he jumps on and has to do an update for a game, and then by the time it's done, he's got to leave. But if you, especially games like Call of Duty, that's an always online live game. You gotta, you gotta make sure it stays updated to keep people playing. So, but it doesn't need it's, to be constant, is what I'm saying. It's a, it's a it's double-edged sword. Jason. It's a double-edged like, sword. 
I finished the update, I jump on to play it, and there's another update, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm tired of that. Yeah, That's yeah, what I'm tired of. I know, of. I know. Welcome <laughs> to, welcome to... No other game does it the yeah. way they do it. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. it's getting kind of annoying. <laughs> but yeah, Call of Duty. Okay. So Call of Duty. Annoying. Call of Duty. Yes. Yeah, so that's, uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> it is, Call of Duty has become a sickness in society. Uh... That was oh boy, that's a bad segue. <laughs> uh, so I was trying. If, I don't know. Oh my god! So let's um, move on. Let's move on to something different. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the coronavirus. Um, because yeah. So uh, there's a. In case you haven't heard, there was an outbreak of a. Uh, the COVID-19, also known as the novel coronavirus, because coronaviruses are just a thing. Um, yeah. So this is just our nickname for it. Um, yeah, COVID-19, the official. COVID. COVID-19. So, yeah, so um, the only reason I even bring this up is because Sony came out and actually backed out of their appearance at PAX East because of it so this is this appeared on the uh the sony blog post about pax east so i'll read this verbatim um they said today sony interactive entertainment made the decision to cancel its participation at pax east in boston this year due to increasing concerns related to covid19 we felt this was the safest option as the situation is changing daily. We are disappointed to cancel our participation in this event, but the health and safety of our global workforce is of our highest concern. Um, and so, yeah, that that's super interesting. Um, you know, so obviously this this coronavirus has worked its way into a lot of different areas around the world. Um you know you've got you've got the outbreak in china you've got an outbreak in japan um there are cases in the united states um there are some in europe you know it, it it's yeah. definitely a thing that has made it out into the population uh, and as we figure out like what we can do to stop the symptoms and um stop the deaths and stuff like that like this is just kind of how global sicknesses work um on a global scale like it actually isn't nearly as bad as a lot of well even, outbreaks even the, like the flu, the um, flu this year just the flu more kills people. more people i mean um, i think the flu death tolls from this flu season are like eighty thousand or more if yeah not more. And, and realistically the flu and that's kills, just america yeah the flu kills a lot of people every year uh yeah so and so this this is pretty minuscule um, in terms of deaths and related to a sickness, but um, it's kind of captured the fever of like people worrying and stuff. I think on a global scale, like we haven't really well, seen like yes, the World Health Organization has come out and be like yes, we should do something about this, and yeah, we should like like quarantining the people that have it and stuff like that like makes sense like what they did with like the the docked ship that um the cruise ship that they yeah, locked Japan, the people yeah. in for like three weeks um and then finally brought them like home and stuff like that uh which is maybe a little extreme and maybe uh not handled I, but, as well as probably but you gotta keep been, in mind but... it's 
there's so much unknown still to this virus. They don't know, like, you know, what's the gestation period of someone like, is, is the two-week quarantine going to be enough? Or are they right. not even, two weeks still not even going to show symptoms? And later, symptoms will show. And they, that's that's the unknown. That's why they're doing, like, this weird three-week quarantine, two-week quarantine, because they just don't know what the gestation period of this virus is in the human body. And it's different for everyone. So, sure. I... I yeah, it, that probably wasn't handled great. And I know even someone on the boat who was like a doctor or something like, yeah, this was handled pretty poorly. Like, get us off the ship, get us in proper quarantine cells um, to give us a like, proper two-week quarantine. So, I mean, it's usually, I think, quarantine's anywhere from 72 hours up to two weeks. So, Well, and even like people like couldn't leave their rooms for like two weeks and stuff. Well, and, that, and that's the thing is, too. It's like, I think they only suspected like just a handful of people. And like, I mean, the cruise ship had what, a couple hundred people and they expected like 16 people to have the virus. And in my mind, you lock 16 people with 200 people in two weeks, all 200 people are going to have the virus. I mean, it's not, I don't think it was done properly I agree. Well, said, but, people yeah. weren't leaving people weren't allowed to leave their rooms and yeah, if you've so, ever been on a cruise ship your room is like like five by ten so yeah i mean i think people freak out about viruses i mean well stated well, and i commend you know companies like like yo we re- we want our our employees to be healthy like safety is our highest concern we're sorry we're gonna miss this event so, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like the Sony reaction to it, I think is really, really strange because no other companies have done this. I, I think the issue is because there's um, a lot more co- cases of coronavirus, especially in Japan. So I don't think Sony wants to send its people in Japan to these places just because they had a, probably have a higher chance of being um, infected by the virus or just had a higher chance of being interacted with i don't know so that's my thing because i know we i mean obviously like... that that is their justification of it yeah. right um but also like sony does have a lot of people who, in other parts of the world it's not like yeah, they have a people here in america you know like oh yeah, yeah. Sony they have an american division that could be there yeah, so I think pulling everybody is really strange. And so, like, so PAX came out, and they're like, while we are saddened that Sony will no longer have a presence at PAX East 2020, we look forward to welcoming our friends at Sony to future PAX events and are focused on making PAX East 2020 a successful and enjoyable event for all attendees and exhibitors, which is uh, the proper response, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, PAX isn't going to come out and be like, yo, yeah. fuck you guys. Right. Um, but uh and uh, the uh, the kind of interesting end to this story or at least so far um is that the mayor of boston wrote sony um basically asking them to reconsider their decision uh and so this is from uh the like one of the outlets in boston and what they wrote is uh, In his letter, Walsh, uh, the mayor, said the risk of contracting the coronavirus in Boston, Massachusetts, remains extremely low. The officials have no reason to believe that anyone should cancel their plans to visit the city. The mayor also said the fears about the coronavirus are fueled by confusion and lack of information, which has led to the growth of anti-Chinese and anti-Asian sentiment in Boston and around the country. And, you know, we have seen that. We have, like, people that are, like, like, refuse to go, like, to Chinatown in like major cities or like 
like protest like these companies and stuff and like you guys are truly I mean, don't understand what's happening well, that's, and that's the problem and i think a problem is china is not giving us enough information about what they're experiencing over there so like we are just trying to fill in the blanks and yeah, oh, yeah it's, no it's, the 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 chinese government is doing not this very poorly and right well and go figure so, Back, I'm going to just kind of backtrack. So back to, you know, going to Disneyland. We flew into John Wayne Airport, County. And, of course, that was where the first uh, confirmed case of coronavirus in America was, was in that airport. It literally happened two weeks before we flew in there. I'm like, great, we're, we're done. So, like, you know, of course, we, we bought, like, a bunch of hand sanitizer, a bunch of Purell wipes and stuff. So, like, and then... Oh, and obviously, we weren't the only one because walking around Disneyland, there was people in, like, masks. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, that's I think a little bit extreme, but it was like it's it's always unsettling to see someone like in a actual like surgical mask or whatever like a because it's like people uh, wear them all over. Oh, I know, I know. And a lot of people, people, if they get any sign of sickness for themselves, they wear them. Yeah. So, but it was like you know maybe one in a hundred people had them on, but that's enough people like to be like. Listen, listen, I live in one of the most highly trafficked places in the world. Not Mm -hmm. only is our airport a major hub, we also get visitors and tourists from every single part of the world on a very, very large basis. We are constantly inundated and have thousands upon thousands of tourists within an arm's reach um if there's gonna be a major outbreak we're a pretty damn good place for it to happen yeah um but frankly you shouldn't be worried about it like no i'm not worried it it was more of it it was like it was more of a joke going down there um than anything yeah i I mean i would definitely the chances of me getting coronavirus in california probably super low even though there were yes. like a handful of cases in california but you, you know, know they're probably all and the idea of like having hand sanitizer and stuff is something i like would say go for anyways oh, especially time, if you're yeah. going oh, to like a pax event i'll tell you what um the pax flu is a real thing i think i've gotten sick every single time i've gone um you always is carry... that for the is that for the flu or the drinking i don't know uh, probably both. It probably doesn't help. Um, so yeah, I mean, carrying like most people actually do carry hand sanitizer with them because you're in a small area and yeah. there's lots and lots of people. Um, yeah, so. uh, hand sanitizer is actually a must at these yeah. conventions, anyways. People, you just got to keep yourself clean. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. So yeah, coronavirus, it's affecting. Pax things. East, keep yourself um, clean. So- on the coattails of this, PlayStation and Oculus actually uh, opted out to skip um, GDC over the same concerns. Um, don't really need to go in the article. It's pretty much the same thing. Like, you know, we don't want to, you know, increase, have a chance of recurrence concerns, blah, blah, blah. GDC is like, we understand. We hope to see you next year kind of thing. So, I don't know. And it's kind of interesting because I know with the uncertainty of coronavirus, people are thinking now, and like the I started an article, include except for to find, like save it but they say the xbox one series x whatever and the ps5 might get delayed a bit because production has gone way down in china right. obviously for this so 
it might we might see effect obviously we're going to see effects um with trade and stuff into america with any goods from china because everything they've done is starting to go way down um so we might actually see a delay in these new consoles because they might not be able to get all the parts needed to build them um at the time that they were originally planning only time will tell we'll see who knows this coronavirus might fizzle out here in a month or two or uh it'll kill half the country half the world so you know they could yeah i mean i watched you know know, every every hundred years we seem to get a plague and you know last one was 1920 last one before that 1820 so something the 20s here we are this is the 2020 plague um no i'm that's kind of a joke but uh, hopefully it's more of a meme than anything but yeah i don't know like whatever um we'll see um i think i think the panic of the coronavirus is starting to go down and uh, yeah i think i think it was texas a&m or some college i think it was in texas like says they have pretty good uh development on a a cure at the point so yeah so like most viruses yeah um china hasn't handled it well which i think didn't help for the whole world's concern so america like i know other countries do it's not just america can't she's taking credit for everything but they really stepped in and like you know the who is you know they really worked on trying to get a cure and to this disease virus the the world health organization is a good group listen to them they do good things for us so um speaking of doing good things for people you remember jeff Keeley? I mean, you know, no. Who that is guy. he? I don't know. So Jeff <laughs> what is, Keeley... What has he done? I don't, I don't know. So Jeff, he's a professional name dropper. Um, okay. All right. Uh, he, was in a, he was in a video game this last year, right? Yes, that's, he that's was. That's what he, his claim to fame. Okay. Yes. He was a supporting role in, a, in a Death Stranding. Um, yeah, so Jeff Keeley kind of uh, came out and said that he's not taking part in E3 this year. Um, I feel like every week we talk about something like this. So let me read a statement um, they posted on Twitter. Um, For the past 25 years, I have attended every Electronic Entertainment Expo. Covering, hosting, and sharing E3 has always been a highlight of my year, not to mention a defining part of my career. I've debated to say what to say about E3 2020. While I want to support the developers who will showcase their work, I also need to be open and honest with you, the fans, about precisely what to expect from me. I have made the dif- difficult decision to decline to produce E3 Coliseum. For the first time in 25 years, I will not be participating in E3. I look forward to supporting the industry in other ways and at other events in the future. I think this is a big hit. This is a this is I think one that I really didn't see coming, and I think this is a bad sign for him. Um, some some people kind of like asked him on Twitter, like, "What's going on?" and he basically said, um, "There's there's a lot of different things that went into this decision." Um, there's not really a one thing that I can pinpoint, uh, and really not worth getting into. Um, it's just it's just the common trend of that I know you've been saying it for years and I keep saying that but you know E3's dying I think I think I mean because what was the last story last we talked about with the ticket sales or I forget exactly what exactly. well so Sony pulling out that's right Sony pulled out again for the second year uh, and then obviously the last year's you know mess up with the ticket sales and putting yeah. uh, you know 
people's names and contact information on their web page, which was messed up. And and then, you know, I'm kind of thinking, does the world even need an E3 anymore? I mean, with I know we talked about this, you know, we have a 24-hour news cycle. Anything that gets announced is announced and put out on the internet, you know, we don't have people running across the convention floor trying to upload the video before the other person. So, you know, E3 has always been fun as a gamer, like a consumer to watch, you know, yeah. showcases and stuff. But, you know, they do showcases like this in so many other events around the country during the year. I don't know. We're just, we're I think it's see. the idea of having a centralized one. I think that is still so, like so appealing because I mean, like as somebody I'm still like looking forward to E3 this year like, right I, I as somebody who, I want to do for it so yeah as somebody who wants to like sit down and just think about games for a week like I think like yeah. E3 is like may still have a purpose um they just have to find that and like this this Jeff Keeley story I wonder how much of that is kind of pushed on by this whole doxing incident because Jeff has to kind of maintain that relationship with the developers and journalists to do what he does. And so him to like be like, oh yes, I'm going to side with the ESA on this. I think that's not a good sign for him. But him saying, oh, they, they've obviously done wrong. Um, I can't in good conscience produce this with them. Um, and so I'm going to step back. I think totally makes sense. Um, right. It's just it's just a bad sign, really. Um, yeah. Because I would love for E3 to continue. I would love for Sony, Microsoft, Bethesda, like all these companies who do these big press conferences, to continue doing them in a short amount of time. Because I, I think that's super interesting. Um, and I... Like I still kind of get giddy about the idea of sitting and watching a live stream, yeah, hanging out with my friends for an hour and then seeing another one, yeah. uh, and kind of like talking about like, oh, like this is what Bethesda did, this is what EA is gonna do to like combat or like in Sony and Microsoft, like how are they trying to one up each other on these press conferences right. and stuff? So I, I've, I've, I've had and, a ton of fun with E three over the years, especially with you guys, and like. To see that like it's kind of dying is actually like hard, like hard to watch. I've been watching E3 for years and years. Right. I, I love watching these press conferences and showcases and whatnot. So it's kind of sad, you know. Obviously, Sony hasn't been for two years, which was hard because I know we always would go to the theater and do like the whole experience at the movie theater with Sony, and that was a ton of fun. Definitely. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see where we're at. I want to still do that this year. Still sit sit down and watch it with everyone. So. It does yeah. sound like they're trying to make a pivot to make it more centered towards fans rather well, than... I, I think that's where they're... Them. Yeah, because I think they're kind of lost in that because obviously E3 was originally a press-only right. thing. And now with the introduction of fans, and like I said, you know, we have 24-hour news, the press thing right. is not really a necessity anymore. Now they're and, trying to show it to the consumer and not the and press. They're trying to make it more like a PAX sort of thing, you know. And right. I've heard that they're going to be inviting, you know, per personalities like I think YouTube personalities, Twitch mm -hmm. personalities, things yeah. like well, that. The personalities really which, helped uh, me three couple years ago. So. Yeah, and I, it just kind of, at that point, it's going to be interesting to see what's going on because it, it's one thing to start inviting people from YouTube, from Twitch, but then is it really, you know, what E3 was anymore? Like, everyone comes there for the big announcements, not just necessarily to see their favorite YouTuber. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, so it'll be interesting I, I, to see. And I I know I've said this, and I know I like kind of said this when we like first shared with each other like this Jeff Keeley news. Like E three has to find their place, and I think more so they kind of have to figure out a good time slot to exist. You know, they've been in June since they started, but does that make sense anymore? Um, because I think like if they moved to the fall, they can do a lot more about these like these late announcements and stuff like that. But the the window is so crowded. You know, you've got PAX, you've got GDC, you've got TGS, and they're all within just a couple of weeks of each other. If E three moved no, I, I, to the fall, think, that would be crazy. I think E 3s time is still fine because as I've always seen it, is E three is the start of the cycle of gaming that year. I mean, yeah, we'll get releases and stuff beforehand, but that's stuff that's already usually been announced. E3 is like, because nothing comes out, the summer is usually pretty slow for video games. I think E3 is just kind of like the starting point um, for But that that's the thing, is the they're, right, they're in the summer, they yeah. do all these big announcements, and then you don't see anything for three months. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I get that, but, you know, I think the point is they try to keep, they start the hype there, and then eventually they let the companies hopefully take care of it. Um, in the leading months and i would be okay with that if it weren't for the fact that it kind of seems the trend lately has been here's a big announcement coming out in five years yeah well that's the thing it's like you know oh this game's announced but it won't come out for three more years i mean horizon was one days gone was another one i mean final hell, fantasy 7 yeah hell sony you know the last sony conference they showed off you know all these games that you know only one of them came out days gone because mm-hmm. it was, you know, Last of Us 2, which is coming out, obviously. Ghost of, Ghost of Tsushima. Tsushima. And I forget what the last one was now. Oh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. So okay, that's out, too. Um, so, yeah, so wait on these yeah. two big games. I mean, Dreams was another one of those games that was announced so long ago mm-hmm. at E3. And then it finally came out just a couple weeks ago. So, I, I get what Jason's saying is, yeah, don't, don't try to be so far. I mean, I know Bethesda's kind of trying to get that like these are games we're releasing this year kind of things well we'll see yeah yeah but uh, and at the same time there's only so many releases you can and announcements you can do what does what does bethesda like you know like if they want to release if they want to say everything that's coming out this year what do they have all right hear me right. out fallout 76 again 76.2 uh, <laughs> No, it's um, The Elder Scrolls 76. Well, I, th- I, I don't know. We'll, I, we'll talk about this later. It's the same exact game. They just put Elder Scrolls <laughs> characters in it. It's a hit. Um, it's even Elder in the Scrolls, same universe. Elder Scrolls it's just as glitchy. Yes, yeah. So, no, I have my predictions of what ESP is going to be, but that's for another time. Right. So. It is for another time. Yeah. Um,. We'll see. Imagine a Wolfenstein inspired battle royale. A hundred Nazis drop I'm just kidding. So um speaking of Bethesda, actually, uh I'll let Austin take this. Oh, this is, I think Jason's on. Yeah, oh, is this Jason's? Come oh, on. I'll let Jason take <laughs> this. I don't care who so, takes this. <laughs> just someone else. So uh Bethesda and Activision have both begun pulling their games off of NVIDIA's GeForce streaming service. Isn't that, and like, brand new, too? Like, just started? It's still in their beta phase, okay. and it's yeah, been out for, it's like, been around for a while. Yeah. Oh, okay, has it? Okay. I, I just... 
I guess maybe they were announced that they're coming out of beta soon. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, but that could mean, you know, a year from now. So yeah, true. But essentially what happened was due to a misunderstanding, both Bethesda and Activision have pulled the games. There was something in their contract that essentially said they NVIDIA can use these games up until the beta ends. And if, from what I understand, and then the beta continued for, you know, three years or so. And so they're just kind of at a point where they're just like, okay, well, we didn't understand that you were going to have a three-year-long beta. And so they pulled the game. And from what I understand, uh, NVIDIA is talking in talks with them to figure out how they can rectify this. Uh, here's a quote from NVIDIA. Games on GeForce Now can come down te temporarily while we perform maintenance or indefinitely at a partner's request. Some publishers may choose to remove games before the founder's trial period ends. Ultimately, they maintain control over their content and decide whether the game you purchase includes the ability to stream it on GeForce Now. Countless developers and publishers are running with the opportunity to expand the number of games who can play their games by using our service. We have hundreds of thousands of members playing their favorite games on GeForce Now. We support the top free-to-play games like Fortnite, League of Legends, Warframe, and more. We just announced Cyberpunk 2077, and they'll be able to uh, play on the day it's released with ray tracing enabled. So they have all their stuff going on, but essentially what it comes down to is they chose to pull those games because it wasn't quite what their contract with them had said. And so we'll see how it works out, but at this point it sounds like uh, they just wanted to rework that because it is kind of understandable when you have this massive beta period that you can kind of say, hey, this is not what we signed up for. And if it works out, it works out. If not, I, personally, I hadn't really used GeForce Now, didn't know much about it prior. So okay. this is one of the first big uh, news stories I've heard about it. So interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, I that kind of goes along. To stream games through. I'm just like, I have well, and beyond that, like, I like, I have to wonder how much like a competition with uh, like Games Pass and stuff like that um, well, make these people kind of rethink a lot of this information. You know? Yeah, I just i I don't think it's exactly. I know it's not a what... subscription service. Yeah, it's not like Game Pass, if I understand right. It's games that you own, and I think you can stream it to any of your devices. This is okay. their thing. So it's not necessarily a bunch of games that you can choose from on there. It's like you can play whatever, like before Wolfenstein, when it was on there. You could play it on any different... You can play it on your phone. You can play it on your tablet. Right. So this PC. is this is like, it's like a uh, thing. yeah, it is. It's yeah before Stadio was a thing, right? Um, let's let these guys um, do the processing power, and we'll take care of everything else. So, right. Yeah. So it looks like um, from this Nvidia thing that February fourth is. They removed the wait list, and so now you can sign up. Everybody can sign up. Right. Um, which was probably the thing, right? Right. That kind of I urged would this on. That means, like, the beta is kind of open. Yeah. 
and our endings, like yeah, probably the contracts they had with you know Bethesda and Activision was only through the beta, so we'll see. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it literally it literally says in here we're ready to remove the waitlist, exit beta, and open GeForce now to even more gamers. So yeah. Right. It's interesting. Definitely. Well, We'll see what goes on with that, if more publishers follow suit, or if it kind of stays the same for now. Could go either way. But Yeah, and then I, then I have to wonder about, like, like, Stadia and stuff. Do we start to see this kind of stuff with, like, Stadia? Well, Who Stadia knows? I know you still different. buy... I Like, you buy the games and stuff like that through Stadia. So, like that—that's just an instant other revenue stream, right? So, if you—if you're gonna play on Stadia and like Xbox, you're gonna buy that game twice. Um, yeah, hmm. and I think I could be wrong, so don't quote me. But I think uh, GeForce Now is literally just games you already own. You right. can use on there. It just allows you be to wrong there. play them on so say you have like a like a laptop and you're traveling right. out of town, yeah. you can just stream it on your laptop because you don't have a game on your yeah. That's what I kind of understood, but I could be wrong. Yeah. So it's essentially kind of a remote play style of right. gaming. Yeah, which is which is what I understand, but I don't know because I, Stadia is more like a streaming, a game streaming service. Yeah, because right, you pay for the service, you pay for the games on Stadia. It's it's Stadia only. You don't transfer it over to. You know, I can't be like, well, I have it on Stadia, but I'll play it on my Switch right now. So. Right. So it's a little different. It's just a little. The line is really fine between the two. It sure. Seems. Yeah, I mean, we're everyone's trying to kind of get in that that streaming space. Um, we'll just kind of yeah. have to see what what sticks, you know. I just and, want to buy a game and play it. How about that? You can't have that, also. Yeah. Speaking of buying, I own a physical, physical game that I don't need internet for. Speaking of physical games, take it away. Jason. The PlayStation Five. This it sounds like not a physical game. But it's a physical game console that plays physical game. There you go. So I was there. PlayStation Five has a. I was there. had a leak that came out, and it sounds like their production cost of the actual console is going to be four hundred and fifty dollars. And so, if we look at, back at the PlayStation Four, they kind of were. I it sounds if I remember right, like three seventy nine or so for the production cost. So they were spending. Uh, you'd spend three ninety nine to buy the console. So yeah, it's looking I mean, like I know the, I know the PS4 was like almost launching at a loss, right? Yeah. Wasn't it like right at that line? Yeah, um, so twenty dollars per console, if it's what it sounds like. Whereas this one, it's four hundred and fifty, so we could be looking at four about four ninety nine per I'm, console. I'm not surprised that. by that price point, to mm -hmm. be honest. And I could actually see the Xbox being five ninety nine. Or you know, because I don't. We'll see. I mean, it's yeah. it's all speculation. Sony has been really secretive about the, their PlayStation Five. Like you know, we know it exists, but we don't know much yeah. more beyond. That. So I think they're uh, waiting I'm to see what uh, Microsoft Xbox does, is. primarily because like 
their console might be expensive for what it is, so they're kind of seeing. Well, like, and is I this think going I think that's what's going to happen is I, I I almost can guarantee that the Xbox is going to be expensive. I think it's is a is it a more powerful machine specs we've got like. Or are they I think comparable? I think I mean again we don't know much about the PlayStation yeah. Five. I guess we don't know which PS Five. So I I'm assuming like the I'm assuming it's going to be pretty, bigger and like yeah, it's going to be more. I'm powerful. assuming they're going to be pretty comparable, but I'm just, yeah you know maybe more teraflops in there. Who knows what's going on? Uh, which you know Sony has done a really good job of being right under them with price points. I think that's what really helped in the last generation. I think they're going to kind of keep the same thing going. Uh, only time will tell. I I'm surprised we haven't seen a uh, like a, an announcement or anything officially. I know I just saw a couple of days ago that it was like on this day uh, seven years ago we got the announcement of the PS4. Right. So I'm surprised it wasn't like we haven't seen something similar to that right now. Um, and I think they are doing like we said the wait and see approach right now because like if if Microsoft does launch a much more powerful console and they do it for just a little bit more money, that could hurt them in the long run. So they have sure. to kind of see what's going on. We'll see. I mean, uh, yeah, time will tell. And I'm surprised I mean, somebody has to announce it first, right? Yeah. You can't play and price I'm, chicken forever. I'm surprised. I mean, I, I, I can see it being Microsoft just because they have, they're already farther along in the announcement of their new console. I mean, we've seen the console kind of mm-hmm. um, they sound like pretty that. confident in it, and looks like yeah, I guess like, they, they, they seem really confident in their console. Like this is this is what it is. This is what it's going to be. And I mean, I know Sony already has the price point. They probably already know each other's price points at this point, anyways. This the public doesn't know. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Different, different Do you not know? Community. I don't know. The different gaming communities are so different. <laughs> what Xbox a sentence! Uh, oh my god, I I get what you're getting at with that. So we need to like just not do segues anymore. Is what's happening because it's getting so. worse and worse. <laughs> uh, just like a no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so I saw this news story and I didn't really want to include it, but uh, I just thought it was I'll, fun. I'll let it stay. I know. So uh, we've been making the joke, you know, that Doom and Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing are coming out on the same day, which is like a total different, like completely different style of game for each one. And I just thought this was funny. I wanted to include it, but like the communities between Doom and Animal Crossing have just completely united. In it's super weird, wholesome. It is, it is really wholesome. I mean, there's like a picture, like in, I, you know, there's a so much, it's all mostly on Reddit of like fan art that people have done, you know, Doom guy holding his phone, saying like to Isabel and has like Animal Crossing, like, I love you. And you know, is Isabel in this game? And it's, it is really good. It, like, I just recommend checking it out if you want to just, you know, see some nice wholesome community. Yeah, stuff. I think I, I think I saw Isabella in like the, the Doom guy. Um, or like in a doom setting which i find pretty amazing so i don't know like yeah i it's it's just fun it, it's, it's it just is a fun. fun time it's a nice uh, wholesome fun yeah it's nice wholesome fun i mean they then they got you know the pictures of the animals like in doom guys like armor and stuff like that and i don't know it's just you know pictures like this one you know isabel and doom guy together hanging out 
don't know. It's just <laughs> it's just good wholesome fun. And I know the Twitter accounts uh, have been like backing each other too. Yeah. Um, right. You know. You know. Nintendo announced the direct, and then Doom's Twitter like responded, "Will Isabel be there?" Um, stuff like that. It's just super <laughs> cute. And then you know, no clip posted things like, "What 2020 game do you look forward to?" Or essentially. Um, and then you know, Doom replies, "Animal Crossing." Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta love it. It's because it's just so different and unique, but wholesome. See, the gaming community is not always terrible. It's not, but it usually is. It usually mostly is. is. That's why yeah. I wanted to include this story because it's good, wholesome. We should have put fun. this at the end. I know. Should have talked about this list last. Um, and then we wouldn't have to talk about the Final Fantasy remake being 100 gigabytes. Allegedly. It is. Because, <laughs> yeah, because that sucks. Art, so it could be photoshopped, but we don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Or it could eh. be like... Uh, uh, what was it? It was... Uh, when they sent out the boxes for No Man's Sky and they just put the sticker on them to cover to up cover like, the up. multiplayer. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they, and they uh, put the stick the sticker that same like a uh, no, wasn't that uh, that was a uh, Metro Exodus where they put the epic exclusive sticker on all the on all the things. Right. Yeah, that was good. That's funny. So you'll actually just it'll just be a sticker you pull off and originally the game was like 20 gigabytes file size and they were like oh shit we <laughs> underestimated that <laughs> Put a sticker on it 100, 100. Uh, yeah all right so, well i think we got a few stories maybe we can just burn through real fast i just yeah let's let's put this one at the towards the end because yeah, this so, one's kind of game related yeah, so we'll start with this. Uh, I know we've talked about it. It was kind of rumored, but Bioware has officially announced it is redesigning Anthem. Uh, yes. So, you know, players criticized the game's lack of content and poor loop progression system and the lack of certain endgame content available for launch of the game only made things worse. But after a year of updates for the game, Bioware has announced that it is slowing down production on Anthem in order to redesign the game. Uh, the team is going to work to reinvent the core gameplay loop with clear goals, motivating challenges, and progression with meaningful rewards, according to the official blog post. The team will also work to preserve the game's flying mechanics and combat mechanics, which players enjoy. And, like, I'm one of those players, and I think you guys kind of were too. The game, just by itself, was kind of fun to play. You know, the flying yeah. was fun. The shooting wasn't bad. Um, I did like the ability stuff and whatnot. I mean, I think we did kind of enjoy playing Anthem, just on the core of its gameplay itself. So, uh, you know, skip through this, blah, blah, blah. It'll still kind of run its Cataclysm events and stuff going on, like the seasonal events, but um, they're going to slowly, I think, kind of rebuild the game and, you know. Hopefully. Say, yeah, and they say it'll take I mean, a few hopefully. months to do. Hopefully. I mean, is it is it too late? I don't know. I'm interested. We'll but I don't know. Enough. I think there's there's a lot of people who own this game. So I think like I'm one of those people. I own Anthem. Um yeah. for mm -hmm. better or for worse. So frankly, if they come out and we're like, oh hey, we have an Anthem point 2.0, it's not like I'm rebuying it. I'm just going yeah. just gonna update it. Well that's the thing, it, 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 needs to, it needs to be free for everyone the game. Like they cannot charge for Oh, this. if they charge for yeah. it, then no, they're fucked. Yeah. That yeah, would be the over, stupidest so. decision they could make. So yeah, there's no uh, clear indication when the redesign is going to come out. Um, they said it did mention that it'll likely take months. Um, so on top of that, one of the goals is to redesign to do something we've 
done more the first time around. So Anthem had an idea. It didn't do it well. I know we've talked about this. There's a core yeah. that they can build off of. They just it's just everything else around it. So, right. So we'll see the ongoing yeah. saga that is uh, Anthem and Bioware's journey in this weird current gen that it's that it's been in. It's for a bit, so. amazing how fast Bioware went from like a really strong company where people are like, yeah, they make great games. To suddenly all well, you, you got to keep in mind, 2014, they won Game of the Year with uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, yeah. and then, then the last several have... games have just been total dumps. I mean, yeah. Mass Effect well, Andromeda, which, which I'm sure now is actually a pretty good game. It's, yeah, it's good I, game. I've actually they heard that it. now's the time to go back to it. Like, I, I will give Bioware credit. I, they know how to make good games. We've seen them. Um, and they obviously know how to take the criticism and roll with it. Obviously, look at, you know, like I said, Mass Effect. I'm sure. I actually am curious yeah. to see what it is. I know Matt, you do own that, so I'm curious to see. If, of what, course, I do. Want to go back and play it, um, and then I'm curious to see what happens with Anthem. I mean, they need they need to make this right. I think before they um, announce or release any new games, because the problem is if if they don't do oh, anything yeah. with Anthem and they're like, oh well, here's the new Dragon Age, people are like, I don't want to play it because right, we don't trust you anymore. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you're exactly right. If they try to release Dragon Age now, they do not get any sales, really. Yeah. Except for the devoted few who are like, I will buy your game no matter what. Otherwise... Yeah, there's there's so many good looter shooters out there that they really need to do a better job at it. Mm -hmm. Speaking of looter shooters, um, probably the most famous one, Borderlands, uh, just got announced uh, that they have a movie in production uh, with director Eli Roth. Um so what you're telling me is it's going to be a horror torture film. Probably. Uh, you know, hostile, all that good stuff. Wasn't he in Inglorious Bastards? Yeah, he well, was... he acted in yeah. Inglorious Bastards. The, the bear Jew. Yeah. Couldn't they just, like, reskin Mad Max and you get all Well, and that's kind of what I'm thinking. Obviously, the difference between what this is going to be and Mad Max is you need the humor. You need that over-the-top, just wackiness and just weirdness that is Borderlands. If you don't do that correctly, this movie's going to suck. Um, I think uh, right here, it's rumored they're going for the R rating, which makes sense. Um, and it says, to make the movie with the same in-your-face attitude, that means for the series, like, to make it true Borderlands, it needs to have an right. R rating. Uh, I don't really want to go into the story too much. I just wanted to kind of throw it out there. Yeah. That, you know, we've talked about this in the past. Like Borderlands, if done correctly, would make a probably pretty good movie. Um, so you know, I think I've never thought that before. I thought I I don't know. I feel it's like true. Borderlands yeah. doesn't make a good movie. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm always open for things, but if yeah. it's not, if it doesn't have the Borderlands touch, I know Randy Pitchford is involved in the project, so maybe you know his weirdness and. Can be involved. So, I mean, it would probably be better if he wasn't involved because Randy Pitchford <laughs> is not a great person. Um, so, here's a fascinating little thing um, that I just stumbled upon while we were talking about this. So, Eli Roth, okay. um, he produced a movie a couple years ago called The Green Inferno. Um, and. All I really remember about this is I remember seeing a like uh like a trailer for it and 
it's basically like people get like stuck in this like in a tribe like along the like Amazon River mm-hmm. and the tribe eats humans. And so it's a I cannibal think I remember this. it's a cannibal film. Um they made a game called uh The Green Inferno Survival that is a mobile game. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a mobile game where it looks like <laughs> I don't know what this is supposed to be. Basically you have like traps it like it's like almost looks like a base defense where you have like your your people and like you put like traps around them and stuff. So, so like, it's the, it, the It's like a tower it's a tower defense game? Yeah, but the tower okay. is your person, your people. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Oh. Interesting. If you wanna play a game with cannibals, just go ahead and play the forest. <laughs> huh? Not a bad Heart's game. It's good. Not a bad game. So, anyways, yeah, I mean, Borderlands movie, whatever, um, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I know you're not a huge fan of work. We'll see if it ever happens. And off topic, speaking of other movies, uh, Tom Holland at some event just confirmed that the Uncharted movie will start filming in four weeks. So, yeah, I think I've heard that several times. So, so we'll, um, we'll see. But Tom Holland himself is. Play the younger Nathan Drake has said it, so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. They still don't have a director tied to the project, so right, right, exactly, which is typically pretty useful when you start filming a movie. <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll see we'll see where that goes. That that movie's been in the pipeline for years, a long uh, time. We'll see. Uh, so we're gonna finish this out with some sad news. Um, Actually, I don't even know if it's sad anymore. Um, but yeah, this is the last new story. Um, HQ, the famed trivia game that took the world by storm, uh, is officially, finally dead. Mm-hmm. They killed HQ trivia um, this past week or weekend or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah so the it had kind of gone down a weird rabbit hole anyways so scott yeah, it, it's popular had left dropped. some time ago right um and once they had to really start leaning on advertisers i think is when they started to kind of drop off which makes mm-hmm. sense like they had to make money somehow yeah but um yeah so it's, it's right here, though. officially gone you know, saying that you know the app reached a record high user uh, of 2.38 million on March 28th, 2019. That was Easter Sunday, 18. the famous. That's what I said. I meant 2018. That was Easter Sunday, the famous bird's nest soup question <laughs> yes. that knocked out almost two million people. That was yeah. that was it. I, right. I was I was a part of history there. <laughs> yeah, remember how many of us like got well, into uh, this and like well, I gosh, like, we no, would just... I, well, I remember. Uh, probably my, my favorite HQ memories is every Wednesday after we finished our podcast in at school at Boise State, it would it would be one o'clock. So we our time slot was eleven to one, and we'd finish up. And as we're compressing the video, getting all you know whatever, yeah. Me and Matt would pull up our phones because HQ started at one o'clock in our t- for our time zone, and we'd play HQ while we're waiting for everything to you know press and whatnot. And yeah, that's kind of. 
where I want to remember HQ. I loved like going to like cafes and stuff and be sitting there and like that one o'clock. And I think people, it was seven o'clock. Yeah, like you people, people, everyone would just pull out their phones and well, just right. <laughs> you yeah, knew like, exactly was, what was, was going on. We're doing it, and like I, that's how I want to remember HQ. Was was those moments? Was was you know sitting in our, sitting in the recording studio after we just did an episode, you know, two years ago, and you know we is good moments, good days, good times. I will say there is a little bit of a follow-up. Uh, mm-hmm. Scott, the Scott, he had some choice words about it when it went under. And Who's I have that? his uh, tweet pulled up right now. HQ didn't die of natural causes. It was poisoned with a lethal cocktail of incompetence, arrogance, short-sightedness, and sociopathic delusion. Saddened to see it finally succumb, sadder still for the good and talented staff abruptly left in the lurch after being gaslit and lied to. He was yeah, not a fan it was, of how that company was run. Well, frankly, we knew that, right? Like, the the creators um, were not good people, right? They right. made horrible decisions throughout the entire life cycle. And even before then, like, they were just not good people. And so I think the, the minute Scott left, right, was the, the kind of the, the nail death. in the coffin. Because, like, that was, like we knew what they were doing to him with like the agreements he had to sign and stuff like that. And that was, I think the really gross part about the whole HQ thing, because there, there's totally a, like a world or like a, there's totally a universe in which HQ survives forever. Right. Right. Um, because as much as I fell off of it, it's something like I think about, I'd be like, Oh yeah, that's, I'd still do that. That would be cool. Mm hmm. Um, but it has, yeah, it has <laughs> to be the right circumstances for that to that to live, right? Um, you know what I'm gonna do right now? Delete the HQ app off my phone. Yeah, you definitely order. don't need it anymore. Yeah, so I don't know, and so they held a live stream for the final one. And like the hosts who like I had again hadn't followed for years, but people were like had some reverence for basically just got plastered. Yeah, um, I was and by that. the by <laughs> the end of it they like couldn't even read the questions um and stuff. And so I don't know, like right, well, <laughs> at least the well, people that worked friends. it yeah Goodbye. enjoyed it, even if your right. your founders are complete douchebags. Right. It's over. So. It's over. It's the end of an era. Yeah, it is. It's, this was one of the first things we really, truly talked about in our podcast. Yeah, I remember talking about it. it. I... Yeah, Sorry, we found it at right about the time um, that this came out. So I guess this is just... Uh, we we is... have now lasted longer than HQ. How I think it's that? time to go. I think it's time to kill it. We're done. It's been okay. a good run. I mean, what better way to, to end... S- then podcast 69. <laughs> I guess this no, is it, guys. No, you guys got to make it 420 now. We just got to rebrand uh, ourselves now. Um, yep, complete come. rebranding um, until we hit 420. All right. Uh, <laughs> I think that about does it. Um, game's coming out this uh, really soon, actually. So, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, March 11th. Uh, got Neo 2, March 13th, my birthday. Um... Animal Crossing, Doom Eternal, and Doom 64, March 20th. That 
be a, a good day. Uh, Half-Life Alex finally got a release date of March 23rd, so we all knew it was going to be March. They just finally put a day to it. Uh, you know, we got Persona 5 Royale, uh, March 31st. And then looking royal. into April... Royal. It's, an, it's royal. not a Royal. It's, not a bad it's a Royal. royal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. All Persona games drop onto an island. Um, then looking into April, we got Resident Evil 3 Remake coming out April 3rd, and Final Fantasy 7 Remake uh, April 10th. So, And I'm sure there's other stuff in there too, but... Yeah, those are just the games of note that we wanted to put down. It's, uh, you know, it's starting to become that season of like the, that spring push of games, which is kind of been a really big release in the last couple of years uh so pretty pretty yeah to like it. i know uh like world of horror came out or is on early access now on pc um it's supposed to come to switch and i think playstation 4 this year um i was really hoping it was on switch already but like uh that's a game i played at pax uh that i thought was really really fascinating but I know that's uh that just came out in early access, so um, oh, I might play it. Yeah. Uh, those guys, those guys. Okay, so I went to that PAX booth. I didn't know what it what it was, but they had they were showing a couple games. It was that one, and then it was this weird like trying to be hipster game. I can't even remember. I know I've got it on list somewhere. I don't know if it ever came out. But anyways, the Quiet Man. Just kidding. So I played World of Horror um, and enjoyed it. There were still some bugs. Like I think I, I think there was one that the guy was like spe- very specifically told me. He was like, "Don't click this option, or you will crash the game." Um, and, and I click definitely option, right? clicked that option um, and crashed <laughs> the game. So they like let me go for another round, and I like I didn't do that. Um, and it was it was really really fascinating, kind of like a a horror text based adventure game. Um, but yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, and then I went, and one of the guys I was with was playing the other game they were showing. Uh, and he was playing it, and so like I watched it with him for a while, uh, and then like they gave him a button, and I was like, "Hey, can I have one of those as well?" And they're like, "No, you didn't play the demo." And I was like, "You know what? Fuck you guys!" And left. Because <laughs> <laughs> I chilled there for the whole goddamn demo. Yeah. But and they didn't give me a button for World of Horror. Anyways, that's my story. Uh, but yeah. Hopefully, gonna play some more video games this week. Um, but who knows? Maybe I won't. It's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah. Life's hard. <laughs> Save me. But either way, I think that does it for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Keith did, really did send me episode. a uh, a correction from last week. My high school did burn down when I was a freshman. You were right. Hey, Austin. I was right. Um. But whatever. I guess I don't remember my own life. But yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, I do believe. Uh, it's been nice seeing y'all. It's been nice talking to you. Um, thanks for listening, peeps. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on SoundCloud. On We don't have an Instagram. Um, so don't follow Yet. us there. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That was just going to be uh, Instagram of my cats, right? Yes. That was what we were I'm actually totally that. okay with that. Right. Let's get that started. All right. Perfect. 
So yeah, you can find us at all those places except Instagram at Dryspell Radio. We also have a website if you want to find all that at dryspellradio.com. There is a little bit of content here. Don't tell me what to do. So thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> um, it's been it's been a pleasure, and hopefully you all have a wonderful week. Um, and we will be back at some point. Bye. Bye. Bye.